I love to sit and look through those holy pages And read about the eternal rock of ages See all that God has done, the battles he has won The great prophecies unfold In every book from Genesis to Revelation I see his loving grace and this great salvation Brings courage to my soul, for I know he's in control. I believe every word is true. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious... It's time now for the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. So get your Bible, a pen, and your Bible study notebook as we journey through the truths of God's Word. And now with today's Timeless Truth, here's Pastor Walton. Psalm chapter 119, Psalm chapter 119. The last time we met, we were looking at the first eight verses. We said this is an acrostic psalm, which simply means that each set of eight verses starts with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet. And last time, the first letter of the Hebrew, Hebrew alphabet is Aleph. So this particular eight verses in the Hebrew would start out with that. The second set is Beth. And so we're going to look at the Word of God. We're going to look at these eight verses with these three things in mind. In God's Word, there is virtue. In God's Word, there is value. And in God's Word, there is verity. So we're going to look at the virtue of God's Word. We're going to look at the value of God's Word and the verity. The word verity means truthfulness. You'll see in your Bible, verily, verily, I say unto you. Truthfully, truthfully, I say unto you. Certainly, the Word of God is truth. Certainly, the Word of God as truth, the truth, has incredible value. And because of it, being the word that cleanses, it has virtue. So we're going to start in verse 9 where there is a question asked. Here's the question. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? How does that happen? How is a young man? The word young man in this particular word that's used here means anyone from an infant to a youth to someone in the younger ages that's of a marriable age. So we're, we're dealing with this group of people in infancy growing up to becoming mature. How does a person stay clean as they grow up into moral purity? And the word cleanse, uh, clean, their cleanses way refers to moral purity. Now, whether the world likes it or not, it doesn't change facts. It doesn't change the verity, the truthfulness of God's Word. The Word of God is our moral compass. The truth is, if the Word of God is not our moral compass, whose Word is? Because if we put it on man's level, question, which man do we follow? Because there are people that say, this is okay, this is not okay. And there are things that God calls total sin across the board that people will say, this part of the sin is okay, but over here is not okay, yet they're exactly the same type of sin, just at a more debauched level. That's the only difference between them. 
Now, the Word of God being our moral compass means that you and I have got to read it for its truthfulness. We've got to read it and trust it. We've got to read it and let it transform us. We don't want to stay the same. We don't want to read the Word of God and stay the same. We want to read the Word of God and be cleansed, changed, convicted, convinced. We want to be taught. We want to be able to get it internally so that we can transform our life from the inside out. Don't make changes on the outside that they're not convinced on the inside. Convince the inside, and then you'll be able to convince the outside. So the question is asked right out of the box, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? But here we go. The answer is in the next phrase of verse number 9. By taking heed thereto according to to thy word taking heed getting hold of and guarding exercising it with great care by getting hold of the word of God and exercising it with total care and what do we mean by total care that you're careful that you're exercising it correctly that you have the word of God in its context you know what it's saying and you are willing to obey it In its 100% totality, Jehovah God said, Thus saith the Lord. You'll see that all through the Old Testament. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. And we must preach, thus saith the Lord. You get to the New Testament, and you get to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you see Jesus saith unto them. Jesus said to them. Jesus speaking unto them. And you hear the very words of Jesus. Matthew 5, 6, and 7. He preaches the sermon there on the mount. And that sermon, when you look at it, is, and you say, do I live like this? Is this the way I live? It's backward thinking to human nature. Turn the other cheek. If they tell you, if they compel you, they make you go a mile, which the Roman government could do in the New Testament, they could make you go a mile. Then you just say, I'll carry the burden for the mile you compelled me, but hey, I'll go an extra mile. How's that? Ah, that's not our way of thinking. Or blessed be you when you're reviled and persecuted and they say all manner of evil against you for my name's sake. You know, and he tells you when you're being persecuted to rejoice and be exceeding glad. We get angry and upset and bitter. I mean, come on. The word of God has virtue. It can change and cleanse us. It has value. We can do what the Bible says. And in so doing, they'll look at us like, man, you're different. You, you act like what the Bible says a Christian is. So how does a young man cleanse his way? He takes heed according to the very word, which is what Jesus and God has said. And you've got to know what they said. If you don't, you'll never, 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 never know what you're supposed to do. And you cannot claim ignorance. Paul said many times when he wrote to the churches I would not have you to be ignorant God doesn't want us to be ignorant over in Peter it says for this they are willingly ignorant of not only are they ignorant they're on purpose being ignorant now 
the psalmist, when writing this and penning it, asked the question, wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? He answered it by taking heed thereto according to thy word. Now, it cleanses us, but then it turns around and grabs hold of us so that we are constantly seeking it. Watch verse 10. With my whole heart have I sought thee, colon. We'll deal with the second part in a minute. The word sought is in the perfect tense. I totally, completely, with everything I had, the psalmist is saying, I have totally sought. I have been seeking, examining, looking. I've been looking beyond just, oh, yeah, that's cool. I've been looking with the eyes of someone who's trying to find. I want to know. Oh, I am wholehearted searching for thee. Now, throughout your Bible, you'll see people and, and situations where it talks about wholeheartedness. And I love it in Caleb because Caleb and Joshua were the only two that lived on the old generation that got to go into Canaan. All the rest of those that were in that rebellious crowd that said no out of those 10 spies that talked them into not going versus the two that said, let us go up at once and possess it. They decided that was worth going, and God let them go with the younger generation that as the older one died off, the younger generation grew up. But there's a big space of age between this generation and the two. Joshua became the leader, and Caleb was there with him. When the land was all settled, Caleb said to Joshua, you remember what the Lord told us over on the other side, and I want this mountain because I am 80 and 5 years old, and I'm as strong today as I was then. I can go in. I can come out. I'm, I'm able. I'm, I'm good. And he said, and you know, Joshua, you know how I followed God with my whole heart, wholehearted Christianity. I mean 100% heart in it, heart Heartfelt praise, heartfelt worship, heartfelt Bible study, heartfelt devotions, heartfelt singing, heartfelt testifying. There's passion and belief and trust and faith and encouragement. And you're not giving up, giving in, or giving over. You are letting the Word of God cleanse you and control you. He said, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. It's in the hiffle stem, which is the causative stem. Don't let me be caused to be led astray. Don't let me cause to wander. The word wander means to be ignorant, to be led astray, to be in error. Don't let anything cause me to do that. Don't let people get in the way and cause it. Don't let my mind cause it. Don't let the circumstances cause it. I don't want to go the wrong way. Don't let me wander, be led astray or err or be ignorant of your commandments, your absolute, definite, authoritative commands in the Word of God. Now, the psalmist not only gets excited about the fact that the Word of God cleanses and it controls, but it says here, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin 
against thee. It corrects. You see, the word hid is also in the perfect tense, which means to lay up, to keep secret. With everything totally that I have, the psalmist is saying, I have taken the word of God, thy very word, and I have put it up in my heart, and it's there. I've got it internally because I don't want to sin. I want it in me so that I can be corrected before. Now, I don't know about you, but I especially when I first got saved, it was a new phenomenon to go to do something and then have this convicting of don't do it. It's not right. Remember what I said in my word. And I just happened to grow up in in, in a church. I shouldn't say grow up. I was uh, 13 when I started going. I got saved at 14. And, but at the church that I was in, the pastor was big on telling folks, memorize the word of God, which is what it's saying here. Thy word have I hid in my heart. You memorize it. You put it in there so that it's in there to, to convict you when things are not going the way you want them to go and you can't figure out what's wrong. The conviction is the word of God says this is not right. You're doing wrong. That's why you're having this problem. And so I began to memorize lots of verses. In fact, the challenge was to memorize thousands of verses, which many of us did back in those days. And because of that, I would go to do something or contemplate something or think something, and this conviction would come over me that would say, whoa, hold it, my word says. And then I would be like, oh, wow, I, I, if I do that, I'm going to be going against the very God that I love. So by hiding his word in my heart, I'm laying up a powerful weapon that will keep me, hopefully, from sinning. Now, I have a choice, but thank the Lord, there may not have been a choice if there hadn't been some word of God stuck into me that he brought back. And my Bible says he'll guide you in all truth, teach you all truth, but bring it back to your memory when you need it. And he'll bring it to you right at the greatest times. So I don't want to sin, Lord. I, I don't want to sin against thee. The word deals with motion. I don't want my sins being smacking you upside the face. And let me tell you what I believe that really refers to. When we take and we make light of sin and think nothing, something we're doing is no big deal. We want to excuse it. We want to be able to say, oh, it's not a big deal. You Christians, you know, let me just remind you, sin cost God his son. It is a big deal. It cost the Lord Jesus his life. He laid it down for you and I. He took our place. Thank the Lord he picked it back up. But what he went through so that you and I could be saved, he did because we have sinned and cannot approach a holy God. God's holiness had to be satisfied, and it was the only way it could be was his son. And so when we sin, it is against it is towards God in a slap in the face of Calvary. We're slapping God in the face saying Calvary's not that big a deal. I think if we ever saw sin through the eyes of our Savior at Calvary, it would change how we think about what we think's okay while we spend time rationalizing it and trying to figure out how we can make the Bible fit what we're trying to say. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Well, the next word says, Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy 
statutes. Well, he is blessed. The Lord is blessed. We can be blessed because we know him. But what it's saying here is very powerful. Teach. It's the word that's used many, 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 many times in the Old Testament. It's a great word. It means cause me to learn. And it's in the intensive stem. So he just didn't say, I I need to be taught your Bible. He said, Lord, teach me. And it's an imperative. He's saying, Lord, please, I'm commanding you, teach me. I've got to know. Cause me to learn your statutes, that which was engraven. We've had the word of God. Teach me to know what is engraven in front of me, the word of God, Genesis to Revelation. Teach me your truth. Get it in me. And, Lord, I want to keep it in my heart so I won't sin against you. You're blessed. Oh, Lord. Teach me, cause me to learn your statutes, your written word. i got to know it. It's got to be who I am. It's got to be part of me. The virtue of its cleansing, controlling, correcting effect. The value of it. It's more valuable than gold and silver and rubies and diamonds and all the verity of it. It's truth. Sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is truth sanctify them, set them apart, make them holy. Then we get to verse 12, and we shift into the more of the value of God's word. With my lips have I declared all the judgments of thy mouth. Wow. You know what he's saying here? Tell everybody. Tell people. Get out and tell what you know. I mean, my lips, I have declared all the judgments. The word declared means to recount. I've declared what I know. I've recounted all of these things. And I have declared all the judgments, all the verdicts of your word, all the legal things of your word, which would make sense in an Old Testament setting. He said, I've declared all the judgments of thy mouth. As you have spoken, this is what the judgment will be. So have I declared, thus saith the Lord. It's very simple. What God has told us that we have put in our heart, that we have guarded, now we must tell others. But we've got to get in the right order. It's got to affect us first. It's got to be in our hearts first. You really can't preach a sermon and you can't teach a class and you can't tell others about what good things God has done for you if it's not passionate in you if it's not something that is a hundred percent part of who you are it's just not gonna people will pick up a phony a mile away well as we continue to look at these verses we see in verse number uh, 14 I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies. You know, what we've done is we've gotten the word of God. We put it in. We've got it keeping us from sin. We're not wanting to wander from it. We're proclaiming what we know because we're passionate about it. And now we're rejoicing. I have rejoiced. 
Boy, I've enjoyed in the way of thy testimonies. I, the road of life, the way, the course of life that I'm on. I am exalted. I am jubilant. I am cheerful on this road you put me on because the road that you have put me on is the way of thy testimonies, your witness. You have witnessed to me and led me. And someday, praise the Lord, if you've let God lead you, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in them. You'll be able to sing with the songwriter, Jesus led me all the way, led me step by step each day day. Praise God for the joicing and rejoicing and jubilantness and exaltation that you can have on the road through the word because you are following him and learning to grow and be blessed. He said, oh, I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in all riches. I mean, I have rejoiced as much as there is in all riches. You know what he's saying there? He's saying he will rejoice in obeying God's word as one who finds great riches. Oh, I found boatloads of money. Yes, I'm rich. The psalmist says, I found God's word and I'm obeying it. Yes, I'm rich. And that's what we need to do. He said, I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I'll do it. It's the will. I will meditate. I will ponder, pray, consider, go over in my mind. I'll chew on it. I'll regurgitate it, bring it back up. In Psalm chapter 1, verse 2 says, In his word doth he meditate day and night. And he says, I will meditate, I will get in there, I will rejoice in it, but I will also meditate. I will constantly keep it coming through my mind. All of your precepts, that's the principles the Word portrays. As they read the Word of God, they develop principles for living. Most people have no principles for living at all. And biblical principles will give you biblical results. He said, I will do it. I'm going to do it. It is my desire. And I will have respect unto thy ways. I will have respect, regard. I will heed thy ways. Your road of life that you have me on, I will respect that road. I'll not only walk it. I'll not only stay on it. I'll not only be obedient to it. But I'm going to have respect to you who is leading me on it. And I'm going to respect the very road I'm on. I'm not going to desecrate it in any way, shape, or form. When we do that, then we end up with the last verse of these eight verses of the Word of God chapter. I will. Here's another I will. I will delight myself in thy statutes. Yep. I'm going to do it. I'm going to delight. It's the intensive form of the verb. I'm going to just get joy and the word delight means to, to get joy from something or to take pleasure in something and what the something is is I will take joy I will delight myself in thy statutes those decrees and ordinances that you've inscribed on my heart through your word I'm just gonna enjoy it I'm gonna delight in it I'm going to pleasure in it. It's my life. Boy, I tell you, I hope it's your life. There's no greater life than the life of a Christian who lives for Christ, loves Christ. Christ is the center of his life and is all in all. He said, I will delight myself. 
I'm going to do it in thy statutes. I will not forget thy word. Thank the Lord. The psalmist said, I'll never forget. Man, he doesn't want to lose his memory of what God says. This is not a physical problem that he's talking about where someone becomes forgetful, but a willing choice to ignore something. He's saying, I'm not going to hear it and ignore it. I'm going to hear it and I'm going to put it in my life and not forget it. It's going to become part of me. I will not forget thy word. I will not forget what God has said. I will not forget, thus saith the Lord. I will not forget the things that you have commanded me. So I ask you, does the word of God live in you? Is it verity? Do you see it as a hundred percent truth? If not, you got a problem. You'll never be able to live the kind of life you're going to live if you don't believe the Word of God is God's actual rule book and workbook and life book and blessing book and command book and inspiration book, all of these things, promise book. It's everything we need. If you don't believe that, there's no way you can enjoy your Christian life at all. You must delight in it. You must put it in your heart. It's truth, absolute truth, verity. And my friend, it has absolute value. It is more valuable than riches and gold. And the psalmist said here, I'm going to love your word far beyond anything else. Like I'm going to love it like if I found gold. It's that good. Well, then he said, there's also virtue in it. Your word cleanses and it makes us clean. Now am I clean through the word which I've spoken unto you, the gospel says. My friend, this is the word of God chapter. It's the longest chapter in the longest book of the Bible. And it's interesting that the Word of God chapter, 176 verses of which 172 have synonyms in it for the Word of God, happens to be in the book of worship and praise, the psalm book, the song book of Israel, as they sing these truths and rejoice in the singing about the Word of God. And if we took our hymns, and I'm thinking of one in particular, more about Jesus, would I know? More of his holy will, more of his saving, keeping, more, more about Jesus. Oh, my friend, if we would get that thought and dig into the word, let the word get into us so that it transforms and keeps us from sinning and keeps us from messing up and then flows out of us so that people see it's a genuine heart of love and passion for Jesus Christ, it would make all the difference in the world. Hallelujah. Glory to God for the awesomeness of his word. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that we would be those who not only would ask the question, how we can stay clean, but would give the answer the psalmist said here by taking heed thereto according to thy word, wholeheartedly searching, not wanting to wander, hiding your word in our heart that we won't sin against you, and letting you cause us to learn these awesome truths of your word, having lips that then speak it out of our mouth, rejoicing because we've been put on the road of life, enjoying and meditating in the good things of God, and we'll thank you for it all in the blessed name of Jesus. Amen and amen.
This is Pastor Walton. Have an absolutely awesome week. Yes, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every word is true. Oh, I believe every word that he said is true. I believe he'll do exactly what he said he would do. How I love his precious word, it thrills me through and through. I believe every You've been listening to the Teaching Timeless Truths radio broadcast with Pastor Roger Walton. You can send all correspondence to tttbroadcasts at gmail.com. Tune in again next week for another Timeless Truth.